We're back. That's right. The Bevo Boys, not the Longhorns. Not going to say that. But the Bevo Boys are back after a week hiatus. It uh, it just takes a little out of us for one to get from Austin back. We were tired after a 5 a.m. trip. That's why we didn't podcast the following week of the K-State game. Also, we were recovering from the six cardiac arrests and the seven heart attacks that we had multiple times throughout those <laughs> four quarters but i digress we are now back with a new episode and that means that it's another actually texas win tcu is the culprit for the longhorns and texas is nine and one back-to-back wins this is the bevo boys joe scanlon on the other side of the microphone my name is creighton branch it is a uh, very weird time to be a Longhorn fan. I'm so used to the point right now, at least especially since we've been doing this podcast, to where we're like, ah, you know what? Let's just win one more game and get to a bowl game. But here we are contending for playoff aspirations. And it's a nice it's a nice thing to do. It, it, it is, I will say, Joe, before you get going, it's not without scares left and right, but... But the fact of the matter is, is we are 6-1 in the conference, the best start since 2013, and 9-1 overall. The best start by a head coach in their first few years since Fred Akers. So congrats to Steve Sarkeesian. Anywho, DC wins. I mean, they did not win. Sorry, Texas wins. Good job, Steve. Yeah. Good job. Texas wins in Fort Worth. Daunted nine six thirty game, Joe. Finally got a night game, but yeah, now we got another night game code up this week. But about this game, what who replaced the twenty twenty three Longhorns with the twenty twenty two Longhorns? Yeah, I know. These last few weeks, it's it, been well, all yeah. first half, and then uh, we talked about this. Too. We said we're a second half team now. Now we're back to being a first half team, and I don't like it. I don't so, like it. Right, so many times, and like it's happened. It's happened. Uh, I get like so often these past two weeks that we forget about that the same thing happened to Houston. Like they happened when we went to Houston, we did the same thing. So like three out of the last four games have been scares, but I, they say that the, the test of a, I don't want, I, I hate to use the words cause I'm not trying to jinx them, but a championship team is can at the end of the day, can you get a W instead of an L? And so far, they've gotten nine of those, and three out of the last four, they've found a way to win. Yeah, I, you know, that's one thing about this team that is different from last year's team. Last year's team would have lost at least one or two of those. So, yeah, so the, sure. the fight the fight that this team shows is much improved, and that's, I'm going to call that a culture thing. Sarkeesian, play calling, still iffy, but, you know... Uh, I don't think I saw any screens on Saturday, so. Ah, uh, yeah, it's hard to tell. He was he made he was making it. A, he said he had made it a point that through, uh, towards the last part of that game that he was just going to run the ball and kill all the momentum that was you know that they possibly could have had. I'm talking about the Horn Frogs. Uh, they they still almost pulled it out, but they did not. TCU falls again to honestly joe i mean 
I know that TCU is not a very good record, but I, I have I just have a hard time believing that they are as bad as their like record reflects. So I'm gonna go ahead and say that like Texas got a very good win here. Uh, I don't like the way it happened, but they win 29-26 the week before. They beat Kansas State in overtime, 33 to 30, which means that is a four-game winning streak for the Longhorns. And here we sit, man, uh, in a place that we have not been in a while. But let's let's break down the TCU game. It uh, was big because it was the return of Quinn Ewers after two straight weeks of Malik Murphy, which before we even get going, I have to say, I don't think a lot of people, I wish I would have put this on Twitter, but a lot of people I don't think have done this. We need to thank Malik Murphy for what he has done for this team because we could have easily had a backup quarterback role in there and not win games like that. Malik Murphy had to go win the game against Kansas State. He had to drive down the field and get that extra field goal. The only points of the second half. So we need to give thanks to Malik Murphy that he held his, held his own while Quinn was trying to get healthy. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I can't say enough about healthy? him. Do you think Quinn's actually healthy? I've never actually thought Quinn was healthy. I'm not, it just feels like I, it, ever since he's been here, I mean, it just does not feel like he's ever been healthy. And I'm sure that that is strictly because of the way he runs into defenders. I, that is most likely the reason why. And I, it, and if he is healthy, then that's a whole different conversation, but it just, it just does not feel to me that he is. He's definitely not healthy right now for sure. Now, you know, I can't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet that he is a hundred percent yet. I just think he's good enough to play. He connected on a deep ball, a couple deep balls. <laughs> But that ball just floats. It's just floating up there. It's uh, it's frustrating because he makes the he makes the connection. And it's like whoa, like yay, and it's like yeah, dude, come on, dude, like just throw it on <laughs> this a guy. He's he makes you yawn. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he 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 had three hundred seventeen yards, one touchdown, one interception. I mean, not bad. Like I said, it's the stats at the end of the game. It always looks better. So yeah, I mean it's I. I mean, the eighty-two QBRs surprising too. I mean, but if we're gonna talk about like the touchdown is great, the interception is is alarming, quite alarming that those are the interceptions that we're still throwing. That's not the first time we've seen interceptions like that. That ball, and it's because, like you said, that ball gets hiked so far up in the air. That defender has all the time in the world. Also, I don't think he really sees that the defender's coming that way. Regardless, the ball, even if he did, the ball's so far up in the air, that defender has all that time to track across the field and snatch it. That has happened good more job. than once this year. Good job, Jay Witt, though. Good job, Jay Witt. Yeah, no, that's that's what's impressive about that guy is he doesn't even have a single touchdown for the entire year, but he continues to make plays that don't show up on the stat sheet. He does blocks. He got. The, he forced the fumble. He is a, a. He's why it's. It's why he's my favorite player on this team. He doesn't always have the stats to show, and he he's as good as anybody I think on that team. But you know, there's just so much to go around. But that man will. He plays so hard, and I'm excited to see. I do think it like he will have a chance to make an NFL roster. It'll probably be undrafted, but he plays so hard. I won't be shocked if he is on a team next year for sure. I I love him, but you know, Quinn. 
I, it was rusty, and I think we expected it, but turnovers, when it comes to like those kinds of turnovers, I'm just like, oh, that is so, that is that is rough. Luckily, it got negated because of the fumble, but. Yeah, good job. Uh, by the defense, too, they got a turnover on Hoover. Josh yeah, Hoover. That was, a, that was a good catch, too. That was a good catch, too. They, uh, once again, our defense, they are who they are, man. They, they are a good defense. We're just going to have to give it up, and I've heard that. You know, PK is possibly getting looks at going other places. I hope he doesn't bite. I hope he stays because this is the first time in a while that we have seen a defense. We talked about this way early in the year. First time we've seen a defense in the third year of a, of a tenure actually be good. The last two coaching staffs that we've had, all we've talked about is how they started out super hot, especially Todd Orlando is like the main oh, culprit God. of this. Yep. Super hot, just could not stop them. And then every year it just gets a little worse until that third year. Basically, you can score 40 points on them. And we haven't seen that. This It's been the opposite. Yeah, they've been doing pretty good. So just got to keep keep plugging along there. Um, the front the front seven looked great. Anthony Hill looked good. Today, Barron looked good. Sweat looked great. Barron Terrell looked great. Like, they're getting the push. That's what, that's what you need. They're making the quarterback rush. It don't matter if you get a sack. Madison said you make them rush and force yeah. a throw. Yeah, Sweat and Murphy are the two best, I think, interior line guys in the entire country. And Sweat's going to make a lot of money next year in the pros. That oh, kid is, yeah, he is. That kid is, like I tell you all the time, I've never seen a kid at that weight move that that crazy. Like, that dude's so swift. Did you see the chain he wore? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. It was like it's like a huge medallion. It was – anyways, and so I commented on it and said, I said ice all day long, but – it was uh, it was huge. I mean, it looked like it could spin. I don't know if it really could, but he 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 plays with so much swagger, and he you can tell he is so confident about who he is, especially like this year opposed to even just last year. The difference is just remarkable. And given where he was at the beginning of his time here in Texas to now becoming, I think a top fifteen pick. I mean, the kid is, and Murphy too. Murphy's right there. I mean. Those guys, whew, that's that's that is that is what makes Texas scary. Is that their D line has has really helped them out this year. I mean, I don't even know where we'd be without them. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, well, we move onwards, onwards and upwards to Iowa State, and we called it. It's a night game. Called it at the beginning of the year. It's a night game. So we after get... after K State, I prefer the night game. That was. Uh, that was awful. Well, this time we're going to be in Iowa. So, yeah, we're going to the game, going with our friend Megan and the Connors. So, watch your slander, Creighton. I know he got a holding call this past week, but he's doing just fine. Well, you know what? Two games in a row, they've not given up a sack, actually. That is something I can say about that team. Two weeks in a row that Quinn, Quinn or Malik at this point uh, have not been sacked. Huge. I mean, I can imagine given how close those games were they, that if we would have given up something like that it could have been completely disastrous but o-line has been playing pretty well man pretty well so let's talk about the elephant in the room jonathan brooks out yep. for the year with an acl there and that tcu always plays dirty they always play dirty they were playing pretty rough i mean we've had they who did they hit i can't remember who it was we got they got the unsportsmanlike penalty out out of bounds, whoever they hit when he was walking out. It might have been JB. I don't think it was, though. Um, and then 
a couple more just really like hits that I was like, I don't really think that that's necessary. Now, do I think that the Jonathan Brooks injury and that tackle particularly was a dirty move? I don't think so. Everyone's like, that's a really like crappy twist and turn. But I mean, I've seen that football tackle 3000 times watching this game. So just one of those things. And that sucks because that's, that's a whole nother conversation is what does he do now? What does he do yeah. now? He's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's got to come back. He's got to come mean, back. I mean, yeah, he was sixth in the FBS in terms of yards. I mean, I think he was most likely, if he kept going, he was probably going to find himself in the draft. But now he's hurt with a torn ACL and wasn't actually expected to be as good as he's been. Like, I, he's probably going to have to come back. I mean, if he wants to try his luck in the you know, in the NFL and go for it right now. I mean, he might be able to go from an undrafted guy or a late, late, late rounder. But right now it seems like the cards are for him to come back, which I'm fine with. I mean, he's, he's really good. And I just, I feel so bad for him, Joe, because he didn't even get the start at the beginning of the year. Remember CJ Baxter was the guy for the first two games and Jonathan played his way into becoming the dude that is so reliable. And it's 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 crazy that for as much as Bijan was killing it last year, that Jonathan Brooks was right there with them this year in terms of stats. Awesome train of thought there. But I'm gonna agree with Thanks. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Welcome to the Beaver Boys, where it is a one man crew from the foreseeable future. Stop, you know, you know, sorry, the Bevo. It's not the Bevo Boys. It's the Bevo Boy. The Bevo Boy. <laughs> Welcome. You can hop off the call now. Just me. So, K-State, TCU, now Iowa State, Creighton. How does that go? Ah, oh, well, you know, Creighton. <laughs> Shut up, man. No, I mean, I, are you nervous for this Iowa State blackout game? This is going to be a blackout game. I am now that John the Brooks isn't playing. I <laughs> Listen, do I think Quinn Ewers is a more the capable quarterback? I absolutely do. But I... I I, I hate doing this because it always sounds like I'm bagging on this kid, and it's just not true. It is not. I swear. Nobody was tooting this kid's horn more than I was in South Lake. I think he is unbelievable. I mean, we you can check the tape. I'll say that. Check the tape. Go back. You can listen to us talk about how he's got some of the best talent we've seen in the past 10 years. But I don't know where this notion came that inserting Quinn Ewers, I do think he's the starting quarterback. It's not that I'm not saying that. But this this narrative that Quinn Ewers was going to come in and just blow the doors down with the offense and score 80 points, I just I didn't understand why people were saying that. I mean, not to mention, it's not like he was he was having his struggles before he got hurt, and then he got hurt, so now he's coming back after two games of not playing, probably almost no practice time, and you're expecting him not to be rusty at all on top of already having you know, issues that we've seen all year. I didn't understand why people were saying that Quinn was going to be this major offensive powerhouse that the, that the offense was going to all of a sudden score 75 points a game. They, they did exactly what I expected them to do, you know, be pretty good and then have issues. And that's kind of where I'm at right now with this Iowa state game is that, if Quinn is, it's all, it is basically to the point now, Joe, where you don't have a Jonathan Brooks, CJ Baxter, I understand is a five star. I think he's amazing. I think he's going to be just fine. But 
there's a reason Jonathan Brooks had the starting job. Now I think the pass game is going to be the is going to be the highlight. So it's going to come down to Quinn Ewers. And CJ Baxter and Jane Blue are good backups as well. So I'm not too worried about the running game. But it would be nice to have Jonathan Brooks for sure. Um, so I'm looking at the Iowa State people, and I don't see the first name, so I'm going to call this guy Reginald Becht. Okay. His name's not Reginald. Um, he's got he's 177 for 285, 2,000 yards, uh, 15 touchdowns, seven interceptions. So he can be a little loose with the ball. And then we have um, Ezekiel Sanders, 96 carries, 467 yards, four touchdowns. And then Jebediah Higgins. 35 receptions, 610 yards, four touchdowns. So there, this isn't a slack. I know they lost to Ohio earlier this year, but this team can definitely give you – and they're going to come out firing like they all do yep. Super Bowl. Every time. And they will if, – if you give them a reason to, they will beat you. They, You're you're right. They might have lost those two early, but, man, they beat Oklahoma State, who I know just got smacked by UCF, but – there was a lot of people going into the UCF game saying that Oklahoma State was going to be in the Big 12 championship. So you, it might you you might want to retract your statement, but you have to admit that people were thinking that they were good. They got they took care of their business against TCU, Cincinnati, and Baylor. They beat TCU by a lot more than we did. They did lose to Oklahoma by a ton. I'll give them, but this team they will beat you if you if you give them the chance to. And you, it it is a it's a team that has a winning record. They're six and four. They're five and two in the conference. It's not like they're not there in the thick of things. And it's a night game at Jack Tri Stadium. That makes a difference. Let's get a weather check, shall we? Because uh, earlier this year, this week, I don't, or last week, I was like, Ooh. I don't do cold, people. That's the problem. So, right now, <laughs> as it stands, the 10 day weather forecast for Ames, Iowa, according to the Weather Channel, is. Saturday, not the 25th. That's that is far. when the game is played on Saturday, yes. The 18th, 59 degrees during the day, 33 at night. <laughs> oh, uh, no rain, no chance okay. of rain. Um, let's see. It won't give you the hourly, but it looks like it's going to be. Why is it got to be cold? Well, it won't be too cold. I mean, 33. 30 no is cold. No wind, though. No wind. You don't understand. Okay. Well, if it starts blowing, I'm going to be really upset. Let's see if we were playing golf on Sunday. That's the real thing. Which we'll talk about that off the pod. Yeah, Creighton's going to enjoy oh, Central oh. Nebraska for a day. <laughs> I thought, you, thought you wanted to do a whole segment on our golf game. No, so. no, no. He uh, He's going to experience – and, folks, when we get on the podcast next week, he may, he, I'll let him tell you just how bad it is here. I'll let him tell you that. <laughs> It'll be worse if Texas loses. If Texas finds a way to to fall out of the Big 12 championship race with a loss here in Iowa, I'm going to be – I will never come back to that place. I will never come back to Central America. Sorry. I mean, not, I'm not coming back either way, so – There we go. So, you know, I uh, – I'm nervous. I am. I, I think – I think that this is the game. This is the game that would probably cause Texas the most trouble. I mean, yeah, like the way that the way the defense that Iowa State plays—it's a very good defense—and 
we've seen it time and time out that when it gets night there, it gets real wonky. And this team has not given you a reason. It's like what Steve said in his, in his Monday presser, you know, is that, you know, they've yet to find a way to quote unquote, kill their opponents to finish them off. You know, they've let them hang around and he was pretty upset about it. Uh, about the TCU game. He was he was not happy about how that fourth quarter went. And I think they scored 20 I think it was a 20 to 3 run in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's unacceptable. Yeah. And if that's going to happen against an Iowa State team who's pretty all right, like I mean, you your chances might be over. Yeah, I'm not they got to play a perfect game. If you got to play perfect in these next two games, and everything will work out the way it's supposed to. So, Creighton, what do you have for a prediction here? Well, I got Texas winning. I think uh, that this will be – yeah, thanks, Joe. I think that this will be a very, very close game. Um, it's going to be some wonky stuff that probably happens, and I'm not sure I'm up for that, but it's probably most likely going to take place. So I got Texas winning this game. Let's see. I think we've scored pretty much 30 points every time. Um, yeah, 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 we have. Okay, 29, whatever. So I'll take I'll take Texas 38, Iowa State 35. Three-score game. Nice. We love it. I'm, I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to say 28-24 because That's a good I don't score. know. I don't know. It's it's Texas is winning, by the way. Um, because I don't know. Like you said, weird things happen at games at night. So what does that mean? So tired lately, folks. Uh, hope you've enjoyed my yawns. At least they're spreading the water bottle. Say what? Oh, at least I don't know if the it water is, bottle. <laughs> you got a lot oh. of tendencies that are when it comes to water bottles and yawning and. Whatever the other one was, I mean. Yeah. So, great. Any final thoughts? Uh, the fact that this is a twenty-one minute podcast. Yeah, it's a short one. It's a short one today. It's really short. It's really short. Is there something else you'd like to talk about? That's uh, been well, Hastings, so probably can't. Well, we could often, but it'd be miserable. <laughs> oh, let's talk. <laughs> Listen, I'll let me look at my final thoughts. And then we could talk about good old Jimbo Fisher for the next eight or so minutes. Okay. <laughs> I know you're dying to get out of here, but my Lord, we got to give the people a reason to actually want to be, <laughs> to actually want to listen to our 20 minute. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, Your final thoughts on the game. Then we'll talk. With BS for a little bit. It's not BSing. What are you talking about? Listen. No, know. we're not. Because you're trying to get out of here in the course of 20 minutes. I'm like, what on earth? Anyways, never mind. Regardless, Texas, uh, as Steve says, uh, this is another week where it's technically a Big 12 championship game. This is the the role you put yourself in when you lost to Oklahoma. And as Steve said, they've accepted the challenge. Quite frankly, they have gone perfect in that challenge. They've won the last four games since losing to Oklahoma, which is nice to see. And once again, Iowa State is going to be that next hump. Can you get over? One, I think the hump is huge because that means you're finally getting a regular season double-digit win total. That is 10 wins, Joe. 
something that Texas hasn't seen in a while. A while. A and lot. and also Steve. I don't think Steve's ever had a 10-win regular season. No, he so hasn't. Yeah, so big, this big is a game. big, like, historic game for Steve and the last decade and a half of Texas football. And... I think that Quinn's going to have to play a pretty good game because I do think CJ Baxter, I think let's not forget that was the starter going into the year. So whatever he was doing in the spring led Steve to think that this is the guy we need to go with. Ultimately lost the job to Jonathan Brooks because Jonathan Brooks just went on an absolute tear, but I'm not sure exactly what CJ Baxter is going to bring as not being able to play RB one for the first time. I mean, he's not, he hasn't played RB one in a long time and I think the game is going to really rely on Quinn Ewers. And I think Steve's going to call his number a lot. And Quinn doesn't have to be perfect, but Quinn's got to play a pretty good game. Also the receivers, Xavier's got to get there. Adonai's got to get there. They've been great. I I would love to see what JT Sanders does in a game like this. I mean, I think that's going to be huge. And just if you have, I got I'm going to say it and say it. If you have an opportunity to put Iowa state away, by God, please do it. Like, You've had the last two weeks, you've had that chance against K-State and TCU. You've been up by 20. That TCU score, Joe, was almost the same as the K-State score. It was 26-6. K-State was 27-7. Yeah. Yeah. You you have the opportunity. Finish them off. Do not let them hang around. 20-3 fourth quarters, unacceptable. And I also like that Steve got on to their tackling. He was pretty upset about their tackling. Got to get better at that. So... I I think Texas is going to pull this one out, but I think we'll be having another heart heart attack here and there throughout those four quarters. Oh, I think we're going to be doing that heart for medicine and like all that stuff. Maybe have a beer or something, but uh, yeah, no, I'm excited though. Never been to Iowa. I haven't either. I'm not sure I'll ever go back, but... What's the... What's the... The Midwest, if you're born in the Midwest, it's a perfect place for you. If you're from the big city like New York. Yeah, it's oh kind of weird. God help yeah. God. It doesn't. But that's true. Those guys got it going. But yeah, if you're if you're migrating to a small city, it ain't Nebraska, it ain't the same. I'm sorry. Good to visit Mount Rushmore, not good delivery. Where's Mount Rushmore? South Dakota, the Black Hills. That's right. That's right. <laughs> there's that. There's that one video where somebody or some girl goes. Some girl goes. Um, she missed. Oh, oh, she thought that she was acting like the Rushmore was like Stonehenge, and it's like, no, we know exactly who it was. Like, we know who built that. And she goes, wait, so and so built that, and it's like, yeah, no. Anyway, man, I think I think it should be a fun one. If I'd be shocked if it's not a blackout. I assume that it's going to be all black uniforms for those guys. One more time, right? I can't imagine time. why not. I know. It's just like we Yeah. I I'm nervous, but I'm excited to so far so good. Texas is nine and one. That's a place we haven't been in a while. So man, and for um, anybody that's like anybody that's like upset, I get why we're upset, kinda. But let's remember we haven't been here in a while. We haven't win been the Big here. Twelve. Don't be upset yeah. about the CFP. No, I don't think winning the Big Twelve. I think if you win the Big Twelve, I mean, you can live with if you don't get in or not. It's and quite honestly, this Texas team isn't even like playing. And I think they would tell you this too. They're not even playing their best yet to 
to be a top four team. However, if you win your big the Big 12 tournament, the chips might just fall where they need to for you to get in. However, that's not really needs to be the goal. Just win your Big 12, and I think everybody will be satisfied. And I know people can get mad at 9-1 and one and whatnot, but the fact is, is that we do have nine wins, and that is a territory that the past eight years of Texas, 10, let's see, well, besides one year, the past 10 years of Texas have not seen. And none of these players have experienced this before. And technically we might be a, okay. Are you, are you stapling something? No, I'm talking about you. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, oh my yawning, God. Water bottle or the USB drive. Which was oh my God. And so anyway, nine and one, plenty of times have happened where these teams are five and seven, six and six. Enjoy this ride because who's not enjoying the ride is the A and M Aggies, and they. Oh God! I know they've they they've had a rough go with a class that they deemed was going to basically change football, um, and of course, what does it lead to? It leads to their savior, Mister Jimbo Fisher, being canned for a historical and laughable seventy-five million dollar check. Which I have to believe this is why I bring this up, Joe, to you. I it's probably not it's not the only reason because I guarantee you the main reason is a recruiting thing. Let's get the guy, let's get the coach in here so we can save face on the recruiting, uh, the recruiting trail when the early signing period happens in December. However, I do think that there is a small part that plays into the fact that Jimbo's firing that Steve Sarkeesian and the Texas Longhorns are nine and one. Because I think they're looking across the pond and they're being like, well, we had a better draft class than Texas, technically. But here we are, not even yet to a bowl game. Uh, yeah, hey. God, I'm sorry. This I'm guy. Sorry. I'm checking in on my app. I'm sorry. I'm checking in on my app. I have a victory today. Okay, anyways, anyways. Sorry. <laughs> anyways, Jimbo Fisher, $75 million buyout. I'm not sure where he goes after this, but I think it it's safe to say that I think A&M made one of the worst financial decisions in the history of football, but definitely Texas football in the state. And they they're just the gift that keeps on giving man the the aggies are the gift that keeps on giving because man did they 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 looked laughable doing this because remember joe when they hired when they okay so they are 6 and 4 now with their win sorry i forgot about mississippi state so they are now bowl eligible so i'll give them that they're 6 and 4 with the number 1 overall recruiting class that was rated the best ever anyways remember remember when jimbo fisher took the reins at at a&m they gave him a plaque that said Texas A&M oh, yeah. National Champions. And it said 20-2-0 with the line next to the zero because they were going to fill it in. And right, <laughs> You think he got to take the plaque? And that would be – he should because I hope they wouldn't keep that there. But that that's where they were at. They thought this guy was going to save the day. In reality, they paid more to be worse than they were with Kevin Sumlin. So for as bad as Texas has had it, and they've had it bad. It could always be worse. Uh, yeah, Charlie Strong was not good. Tom Herman was eh, it was all right, but it was falling apart at the seams really quick. 
And with all that being said, with all those years of sucking, A&M still with Miles Garrett, Johnny Manziel. Oh, and that's even, I'm not even, I'm going before, yeah. before Jimbo Fisher because Johnny Manziel was with Kevin Sumlin. Johnny, Johnny Manziel. Manziel wasn't supposed to be good though. He just had a, he oh, was a flash in the pan. But you have Johnny, you had Miles, you even have Neil right now. Who else do you have? Um, oh, all your other quarterbacks that you thought Haynes King, you thought was going to be the guy, you know, Oh, Kellen Mond, uh, all oh, these God. dudes oh, with, with all these guys, they still could not put together a single championship win before Texas got back to relevancy. And that makes me super happy because these guys are the gift that keeps on giving. And as bad as Texas has ever been, they have never made a decision where they've had to pay a coach $75 million because he sucked too bad to finish the year. I love it. Scott Frost had to get paid. How much? Being in Nebraska. 40-something, I think. 40 he got something. paid $40 million? His buyout. See, this is, the, this is the part of me that thinks we should go into coaching and just be bad. Because you get... <laughs> Technically, you get paid more to suck than you did to win. I mean, well, you got. I think there's stipulations like you have to look for a job and stuff, and then it goes oh my away god, <laughs> that's funny how that works. Matt, I heard that the Carolina Panthers that was pretty good, but he went and got a job at Nebraska. He did still making good he, money, but uh, yeah, I'd be sitting not... on my ass golfing. Yeah, I, 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 I agree, and Jimbo might do the same thing. And I heard that fourteen million dollars worth of that was donated. Donated. By their donors, which is gotcha. funny. To, that's that's how bad they wanted him out. I mean, this was a, remember. This is why I'm saying it. This is supposed to be the guy. They they put everything into Jimbo, and he gave them nothing, absolutely nothing. And that's the funniest part. Yeah. My God, if Texas finds their way into the playoff, they don't even have the win. If they find their way into the playoff before A and M does. With as much because A and M, the whole the SEC move that was a they, that wasn't the reason why they did it, but they thought that they were going to be prominent because they went there, and they it, it it's just I I I cannot believe, and especially now the guys that they think they're going to get, you know, they're eyeing Dan Campbell from the Lions, and I'm just like, is there a more? You think we're hallucinogenic? You think that we're deranged? Is there is there a more delusional fan base than those guys? No. Why would Dan Campbell ever leave the 72 lines after he built that team and eight kneecaps or whatever he said? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's true. I I I don't know where he's I don't know where Jimbo ends up, but if if you're upset with the nine and one Texas Longhorns, I think you should look again. We could easily be those guys on the other side of the of the grass. So it's uh things are looking up heavy for Texas and People have con- have compared this Texas team to last year's TCU team, Joe, and saying that, you know, they're just finding ways to win and they never actually lose. But I don't want to be that TCU team because look at it now. They're it's not that they're bad, but they're not winning. I don't want to be a one and done team. I hope that this thing sustains for a while. And I've read reports that Quinn Ewers is possibly on the verge of coming back. It's not a foregone conclusion that that he is going to the draft. And oh, I I wonder Art. what happens then. I know. I wonder what happens if he comes back, if Jonathan Brooks comes back. And then, you know, I, I mean, because honestly, if Quinn's not in the top five quarterbacks, why would he not come back? So there's a right. lot. There's going to be a lot to look at. Uh, but I don't want to be a one-and-done team. I want this to be a, a, 
a normal occurrence every year, especially in the SEC. Oh, yeah. See, we go in the SEC our first year. No one can ever say shit to us ever again. That's true. Oh, my God. I would love that if they won. Oh, you think we're insufferable now? Exactly. You think we're you think we're insufferable now? Wait until what if we win the Big Twelve, and then we win the SEC back? To, oh, you know, oh, win the oh, Big Twelve man. one year, and the next year we win the SEC. It's just like because because right now we'd be leading it. Like just remember that we would be the team in the championship game and not Alabama. Like that's yeah. how that would work. Oh so, wow! Oh wow! Yeah, that's what's crazy. So things are looking up on the 40 acres and I'm glad that we're finally there. Cause it's been, it's been a long time. It's been so long. And I have been able to banter for the That's last 20 minutes to make this podcast worthy of listening to. Thank you for your service. Peyton. So I'm I know. feeling up to it guys. I'll be better next week. Hopefully after Iowa state win. Now I know this oh, is a, a Texas win. Iowa state. This has been the oh my god yeah this this has been the Bevo Boy with your host Creighton Branch. Thank you for joining my guest Joe Scanlon. <laughs> That's take away, take away. Sign us off, Creighton. Oh, he doesn't even want to sign off anymore. Wow, it's what a guy. <laughs> I can do it by myself. It's not that I can't. So don't think that if anything ever goes wrong, I can't. No, no, I no. Mean, I know you can do it. Yeah, I'll thank you. Off. I'll sign us off. You don't want to hit for you don't want to you don't want to go to forty minutes. We're only two and a half minutes away. Right. Certainly, you remember, don't you don't want the nine. Saying, what's, what's what's the weirdest <laughs> thing that's going to happen at this game? Remember we did. Oh, that I think Quinn's going to. I yeah, I think that. <laughs> I think what's going to happen is. I would love to see a Tavondre Sweat touchdown. Like a fumble pickup, and to watch that nine, that three hundred and forty pound man, it doesn't have to be very long, just maybe a you know a fifteen yard run into the end zone. That would be beautiful. I would love to see that. That would be pretty nice. I think I'm, I want I want to see a Michael Taft interception pick six. Yeah, he got that's who. Oh, I'm glad you said that. That that he also got hit really good in the TCU game. I'm glad he's okay, but you know. Texas, for the most part this year, I mean, Jonathan Brooks' torn ACL is a huge injury, but Texas has been able to withstand the injury bug for most of the year, has not had a significant, significant injury. Quinn Ewers gets hurt, but he comes back two weeks after the fact, and C.J. Baxter is now, thank the Lord, 100% healthy, Sark said. So, you know, we're going into these last two games not entirely banged up, which is nice to see. I... That wasn't the case last year or the year before, but yeah, I, I, I just get your patient pants on, Joe, because things are about to get real wonky in Ames, quite honestly. Wonky. No. But that'll do it for us. We'll be in Ames. We will let you know how Ames goes next week. But until that time, always remember the eyes of Texas are fun. Yeah.